0: Welcome to This Is Not Investment Advice. It's Sunday, July 4th. Hope you had a great Independence Day. As always, I'm not a registered investment advisor. This podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Uh, so the topic of today's podcast, it's going to be pinned in the episode description, is fiat a fraud. So a little background, Ricardo Salinas, he is the third richest man in Mexico. He has decided to do an interview that's gone public where he's saying fiat is a fraud. Uh, he specifically it, references references of the Mexican peso. I don't know if it was like an old type of Mexican peso used to be, he's Mexican used to be uh, 20 to one. Now it's 2000 to one or 20,000 to one. Um, <laughs> crazy thousand times the valuation. And then he also references that the U S currency, which is supposed to be the hard currency is a joke. So, you know, what, what do I think? Well, Um, number one, this guy's been to Bitcoin since $600. He's not all into Bitcoin. So I would think like if he really believes that he'd be higher into it. Um, he is working on his bank trying to adopt Bitcoin, but I would say, what is a fraud? A fraud is the deceit to gain money. I I try to look it up and that's the general definition I got. Um, I think using fiat to, as a savings tool is a fraud. So a lot of us have been taught, it's the story of the, I think, the the grasshopper and some other animal. And so, you know, uh, a grasshopper and the squirrel. And so the grass, you know, during the season, all the plants are growing and the squirrel keeps gathering his nuts. And he's like, and that grasshopper goes, oh, you know, you should come out and play. And he goes, no, nah, man, I got to gather this stuff for the winter. And the next day, it's all sunny. He's like, dude, winter's going to be so far away. Just come out and play. And every day he says that. And then eventually, you know how the story ends. It gets towards winter. And the grasshopper hasn't saved any food. And he dies. And I think that for people, especially outside of first world countries, you you have to understand the reality is that fiat saving in that country's currency generally is a fraud. and And that's why people's, people's behavior shows that it is fraud because they don't choose to save, you know, in their own currency. They choose to save in dollars. Um, because their currency devalues too quickly. They might get paid in it, but they're not going to really save in it. Michael Saylor takes, talks a really good idea about a savings technology being, a savings being like a battery that holds a charge. And as some quick math, if your dollars in purchasing power are losing 5% a month, I mean 5% a year, you're losing about a quarter of your value within five years and about half your value within 10. It's not totally 10 because it has, ne- it has negative compounding, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, we have to understand why these central banks are printing. And I, I really want to do a deep dive here. So why do these central banks need to get more and more intervened in the economy? Are they like evil? And so my answer is, they're not necessarily good people, but they're just coming into a situation probably trying to do the best they can do, although it's ridiculous. You see, there should be recessions. And one of the guys that I follow, Jeff Booth, talks about deflation. So he says technology is deflationary. So what that means is, you know, Think think about your life, okay? So you get up, and you wake up, and let's say you get up and you get out of your house or apartment. Stop. What wakes you up? Oh, you have an alarm clock on your cell phone. You have to use. You just have to pay for a separate alarm. I remember buying alarm clocks. Uh, okay, so it's eliminated the alarm clock. Cool. You go out. You go. And you go to your coffee machine. Okay. Now, you can argue with me back and forth, but the way that it used to be done is you've got to get these full... These good coffee was expensive, or they didn't have good coffee. They had folders crystal. Disgusting. But you put this thing in your machine, makes it for 50 cents or a buck. We could argue whether that's expensive or inexpensive. Cool. You eat breakfast. You open some eggs. Now, technically... The genetic research that's gone into producing eggs in these disgusting poultry farms, uh, they should be mass-producing eggs. The cost of eggs should be dropping like like it's hot. Also, let's think about that truck getting to drive to you, right? The drive to deliver the egg. You now have trucks that are super fuel-efficient and safe and can transport a lot more. That should drive the cost down cheaper. You have fracking to get gas. That should drive it cheaper then you get to you get to work cool you have your own computer that's now under a thousand bucks that can support all your systems and your clothes right think about your clothes your clothes used to be made by hand now a machine makes them so so prices will be dropping and the idea is is that, if there is this deflation that occurs, right, that does occur, it's going to be a good thing for certain people. It's going to be a good thing for people that have savings because their dollars become more valuable. It's going to be a good thing for people that don't own assets because now they have the time to buy one. It's going to be a good thing for people that own the debt. It's going to be a horrible thing for people that owe the debt because if prices actually, if there's deflation, the value of the cost, like if there's deflation, everything's dropping. Well, what do you think is going to happen to your wages? They're going to drop. And so the people that owe the debt are going to have a lot harder time, I think, affording those payments. And so what really happened in the Great Depression was a deflationary spiral. And although we fear inflation, deflation, I think, is much, much uglier. We, we don't really know what this thing looks like, like most of us alive because we weren't around the Great Depression. Because if you think about it, right, if prices start falling, there's FOMO up, there's FOMO down. But if prices start falling, you're not going to invest your money. It's going to stop investment, It's going to stop growth. And that can create a, 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 a domino effect. And the problem is, right, is that you have a highly leveraged society. If you have a 2008 moment, again, it would be rough. And so, so, but why does that mean? Let's, why does this mean? What does this have anything to do with fiat currencies? Well, whenever there's financial problems in a country, what should happen? You can have your own answer to that. But what should happen is, in my opinion, is, okay, you have a financial situation. Okay, the market, people lose, people win, the market resets itself if you go out and get wasted wasted blackout drunk what's going to happen to you tomorrow you're going to have you're going to throw up you're going to have to drink a lot of water probably puke that up too and maybe you'll sleep it off on the weekend maybe not but your body is out of balance and then it rebalances itself the same the same thing is with economics so if you start having prices fall or an economic recession, the market corrects until it's brought back into balance. Like a cur- a perfect I- a perfect idea is I saw a podcast today, and I'll talk about it later. But it was oh, um, I'll talk about another episode. But the general idea was oh, in in two thousand and six or seven, there there wasn't actually demand for real estate, so they had to fabricate it. This person believes that actually the reason there was a lack of demand for real estate was that the people that should have been buying houses, well, if you trace them back 30 years, that's in 19, uh, that's in the seventy-eight, I think, when abortion was legalized, which drove down birth rates. And so there's a real lack of buyers. Now, that's something I'm going to go into in the future and, and see that holds water. But realistically, there's a, there's always some type of financial issue or recession or problem in the country. But now the people, right, they tell the government, you better bail us out. And so what does the government do? They print money or they lower interest rates because the Fed and the Treasury, they're now political tools. If you don't believe the Fed is a political tool, you must be sleeping under a a rock. They are a political tool. And so when you give the government the power of using guns on people or using the wet dollars, just money on people, right? You can buy votes. Think about it, right? Biden's been in office for almost like four or five months. Just started. When does he have to start recampaigning? In a year and a half. He's already thinking about his next term right now. And so the reality is that nobody can win an election and probably a bad economy. And so these people will continue to use this you know, this power of printing of money to keep the thing going because, and most people, right, they're getting fooled. It's not things are going up. It's just inflation. It's the purchasing power sucking, but it's not really inflation even. It's debasement. And debasement is the purposeful devaluing of money. And inflation is when usually one country goes crazy and their currency gets out of whack. Debasement is all the currencies are going out of whack. Everyone's getting watered down. I know I talked about a lot of topics here and I'm crisscrossing, but the way that I look at this is this is not like a, a if you're looking for a podcast that says okay, you know, I'm going to draw you an x and y axis of this happens, that's that's not how this happens to me, right? This is a complicated thing. Um but so is Fiat a fraud? Yes, for most people it is. Yes, it makes no sense to save in it. And also, let's go there if you're there. Let's say your currency is devaluing at 6% a year. Is that necessarily a bad thing? Now, don't say yes or no. The next ask, what's the question you should ask? Well, what's the risk free rate of return? You know, if you put your money in a savings account with no risk, what do you get? If you get 6% back, you're just maintaining your value. And honestly, that's all savings is supposed to be doing. Is savings supposed to go up in value? It's not, right? Because you're not taking any risk. Like that battery analogy, right? If you If you work, if you work for, let's just say, let's say instead of getting paid in dollars, you get paid in bottles of whiskey. Some of you might like that, who knows. And you can resell those bottles of whiskey just for argument's sake with no commission. All you care about is that those those bottles of whiskey maintain their value. They don't necessarily need to go up. Savings should not actually go up because if money is truly energy all it should do is maintain its energy so if you get six percent of your savings and six percent inflation you're fine now what now when you talk about Fiat as a fraud let's come to the real issue right we can talk about what is inflation or the cost of living going up by versus savings well savings are zero right now so what's the cost of living so the government wants to tell you oh the cpi index or the cpi core it's under two percent now it's a little over two percent blah 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 i'm gonna run a house analogy so in my neighborhood a house in 2017 there was 1800 square feet was about a million to 1.5 1.05 or 1.1 let's say in that range 1 to 1.1, okay. Now the house, that how, how house is 1.4 to 1.5. So what I did was I said, okay, what's the price difference, right? And you understand rates are much cheaper now. So the payment's gone up a bit, but it hasn't skyrocketed. But remember on my old podcast, the real cost of real estate is not really the payment so much being different, it's the cost of the down payment. So, how much has the down payment gone up by? It's gone up by about mm, since two thousand seventeen, which is almost four years, about four years ago. It's gone up about forty percent, give or take. So, the payments maybe gone up twenty five percent. Still a lot, but not nearly as much as forty. So, if we average that throughout the years, my guess is, and most. Places the cost of living is going up by anywhere from 10 to 15 percent a year Now I also see this in luxury goods right so Look at the cost of Rolexes look at the cost of vintage sports cars look at the cost of stuff You want to buy see at this look at the stock market right perfect amount the stock market Well, what, what was the attack the, the in 2017? Let's just take a look. So I just put in QQQ and in 2017, it was about 145. It's 350. It's more than doubled. Holy crap! In 2000, oh, so in March of last year, it went from 234 to 170. It's now it's now doubled there in the year. You think there's not a lot of printing, people? So. If fiat is a fraud, which I believe it is, and we now know why it's a fraud, because the government needs to be politically popular, they need, they'll need they use this tool. They'll use a lot of tools, right? But they'll use this tool. So then it brings us into a solution of, uh, or it brings an idea of, so what's the solution? And that's really for you to decide. I think that most of us, especially in the first world, we really haven't been paying attention to what's really going on. It's the devaluation of currency at all costs to maintain the system. Now, I hear people talking about, oh, they're going to have deflation, the stock market's going to fall 80%. Do you really think the government's going to let the stock market default 80%? Let's just go through that. Let's just go, oh, stock market falls from, you know, 35,000 Dow to you know, seven, you really think, or, uh, really S and you think the S and P is going to go from 3,400 or whatever it is today to, I don't know, like under five, under, uh, under a thousand. Do we really believe they're going to let the bond market blow up? No, we're just going to keep borrowing from the future. And that's what I want you to pay attention to is trends, right? We saw this huge real estate and collapse in 2008, but if you look 20 years ago, real estate continues to go up. Why? Rates continue to go down. Okay, all these people are saying, "Oh, if there's inflation. The Fed's going to jack up rates." Really? Hey guys, hey gals, let me tell you something. What happens if the Fed jacks up rates like two three percent? Let's say their average bo- the average rate they pay on a T bill is four percent. Four percent of 30 trillion is 1.2 trillion. That means at the end of the year, $1.2 trillion plus a $700, million, a $700 billion budget would bring us to $1.9 trillion. You really think the government's going to spend 48% of their revenue on just interest and in the military? They're going to have to keep borrowing. I mean, if they do that, the borrowing would go insane. They will not allow real pain to happen, right? They'll continue to do what they've always done, which is kick the can down the road. And one of the costs that we'll pay by this kicking is debasement. And in other countries it will be even worse. So I think the dollar actually doesn't crash because the other countries are even worse. But I do also think the demand for the dollar by many institutions, especially dollar-denominated bonds, will look for other assets. And that's what really Bitcoin is. It's an insurance policy to me. I hope, we've been living, like fiat is a fraud, people. That's not like, oh, my God, how did this happen? Of course you know how this happened. The government always wants to give good news. And because the Fed is now essentially, in anything but words, part of a, is a political system, a political tool, they'll keep using it. I don't know why this is so hard for me to understand, because you know what, it's been so hard for me to understand? I don't know if you share this sentiment. It's because I expected better. I'm like, hey, these leaders—they couldn't do this to us. They couldn't take, you know, money from the poor people, and the value of their assets. They can, and they will. You think John McAfee killed himself? Come on. And and I think that's the thing to pay attention to, which is, if you're in this space, you really have to think ten years out. We're all so we're all stuck in in. in you know, I talked to a friend about this today. We're stuck in this idea of, oh, I want to get rich quick. But that's not a bad thing. It's because the cost of living is skyrocketing. And the demographics of who owns the wealth is changing. A lot more at the top. You know, the most important thing is for you to make your own decision and and, and learn and try to be, in my opinion, It's just to be the most in, informed person and then make your decision You know I, I do think that what's real. Oh, and by the way after uh, the Mexican uh, uh, after the Car, um, Ricardo Salinas said he's a uh, he's a uh, He's going to uh, You know have his bank buy Bitcoin or try to use his bank to buy Bitcoin They're uh, the Mexican finance i think controller came back came down and said uh you can't do that um uh you can't do that uh, uh you uh you uh we don't allow crypto in banks so other than that you know th- what's 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 shocking is that this is this is not like a a bitcoin t- maximalist they call on it, twitter It's a real traditional business guy and I wonder how many more billionaires see this problem. And as much as retail we get all all up in this noise, maybe this is mes- much, much bigger than we can actually imagine. So other than that guys and gals, um, thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.